When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty pod with me, Rich Cooling. Uh, so we're back after a, a week off and uh, and I've got a very special show for you this week. So joining me today is not one, not two, not three guests. I have all four of the Five Yard College gangs. So joining me, we have Jordan. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm yeah, not bad. Cheers, Rich. You? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Looking forward to this one. It's, uh, it's an exciting pod, I think. And then we've also got Ash. How are you doing, Ash? Yeah, I'm doing good. I would have been better if Bolton had lost, so Tom would be a bit depressed, but there we go. <laughs> I, I did promise Jordan that we weren't going to mention the football, so I won't mention that Crawley have just beaten Bradford, um, no, just just to keep it you know, off the record as such. And then we also have Mark. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks, Mitch. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very, very good. Thank you. Uh, and then I've, I was told to, to keep the worst till last. So, Tom, how's things going? Good evening. I'm in a wonderful, tremendous, fabulous mood and uh, looking forward to tonight's podcast as well because, uh, as we just said off air, there's only so many ways you can cover the draft and I think you've managed to find something novel for me anyway, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's great to hear. So the, the idea of this week's pod, so what we've done is behind the scenes, the five of us um, have been doing a three-round NFL-style mock draft um, so we have drafted, trying to think how many picks there were. That was about, about 100 picks, um, including non-fantasy relevant players, to basically give us a a pool of players, landing spots, draft capital. Um, and then I have set the challenge of um, the four guys are going to go through a rookie mock draft for fantasy purposes. So... Uh, that we have not done this this draft live. Uh, we've not done this draft off air. Sorry, it is live, um, so it could throw some purples out. We will see as we all go. Um, we are drafting as if it is a super flop, super flex EPR type in premium league. Um, so the idea is, is that it, it boosts up the um, the value of those tight ends. The guys have to draft a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver. And then they have a flex and a super flex spot. So we're trying to mirror your kind of traditional 12-team super flex leagues. Uh, so with the big draw, Ash drew the 101. Uh, we're going to make this draft. 
Uh, so Ash, yeah, it, it seems like the 101 is kind of already established, has been established, shall we say, for about three years. But are you going <laughs> to cause any shocks here? No, I'm not. I think the the 101 in the in a superflex rookie is probably as locked on as it is in the actual draft. So uh, easy one is Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, who of course landed with Jacksonville. Um, Shock. Yeah, exactly. Went, went the 101 in our rookie mock. Has gone the 101 in the fantasy mock. Do you do you think he's going to come in and and be the real deal? Do you have any concerns at all? I don't have any concerns. I the more I hear about him and the, the longer it's gone on, the more I want him to fail. But I just can't see it happening. That's just me being spiteful more than anything. But I think he's someone who's immediately going to be starting. Of course, in Jacksonville, he's got a good arm. He's mobile. I think he's going to transition quite well over to the fantasy game from from the outset. Possibly a game or two. Like Burrows at the start of last year struggled the first couple of games, but I think as soon as he starts to find his rhythm, that there probably won't be any looking back for him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of I always come into these things trying to be slightly contrarian, um, and I've I've tried several times to to watch the film, to look at stats, try and dig something that can make me have some kind of opinion that he wouldn't be the one I won. But yeah, it, it's nailed on, isn't it? Honest. Yeah. 100%. So moving. So moving to the 102, so Jordan, I guess this is probably the, the first kind of potential for surprise. Where are you going to go here? Uh, I'm going to get my excuses in early saying that I am a rookie when it comes to drafting. So that being said, I'm going straight in to, for tight end. I'm going to get Kyle Pitts. At one, wow, two. love it. Big time. So I guess, you know, there's lots of talk of him being completely generational. I think he's potentially the best. I am prospecting five, ten years, depending on kind of who you're listening to, who you're talking to. How high are you on kind of Carl Pitts? Um, uh, very, very high. I don't know if um, I don't know if my ceiling goes that high. That's how high I'm getting on him. Um, and <laughs> and I, I know we've got him at, at landing at Detroit as well. And I think even if Jared Goff has a it becomes the starting as an average year, I still think he puts up big numbers. You know, you know over there. Do you? Do you have concerns with obviously him landing at Detroit in this um, in this draft? Do you have any concerns with the, the Hawkinson Pitts pairing as such? Do you think that could cap his ceiling? No, because I think McCann um, obviously is very much similar to Darren Waller. I think he's like a, a kind of a wide receiver as well. You know, he can he can play anywhere along that line. So I don't. The only concern is with Jared Goff and being there and stuff. But I still think he's that good that he will still put up decent numbers. Yeah, I, I think for me, from a fantasy perspective, that Detroit landing spot, I think it's actually better for his fantasy production. It might not be better for him in terms of being an all-round complete tight end. But I think Hockington is a, you know, an above-average block tight end as such in the run game. And I think that if he was to land in Detroit alongside Hockington, I, I could easily see him being used as more of a, you know, an, a kind of X receiver. I think that that kind of lift ceiling from a fancy perspective massively yeah so the 103 so Mark I know you're a huge Cole Pitts fan are you, are you devastated that he's off the board this early well I mean I, I, I love Kyle Pitts I mean I love Kyle and there's so much about his game like Jordan mentioned where I just get such Darren Waller vibes and you know I'm a Raiders fan I watch a lot of Darren Waller and I just think he's going to be such a nice matchup nightmare kick him out with a wide receiver Play him in line, tight line, tight end, matchup nightmare. I don't see how he fails to have an impact in year one, which I know is unusual for rookie tight ends. They normally take a year or two to acclimatise, but I just think he's going to make an instant impact in in, in the in the NFL. I think he's the he's going to become that outliner. He's going to become that player who just comes in and just you know has hits the ground running and has an, ex, an excellent season off the back of it like we don't often see from tight ends or rookies at least anyway but to be honest with you in a super flex league I was going to be looking at quarterback anyway <laughs> I want to get me quarterback in early um, and realistically when I'm looking at where we drafted we had Zach Wilson go to New York Jets we had Trey Lance go to San Francisco we had Justin Fields go to Atlanta and Mac Jones go to New England so Mac Jones and Justin Fields, I'm thinking, they're not even guaranteed to start if this draft goes the way that ours did. So I'm really picking out of two 
picking out with Zach Wilson and picking out with Trey Lance. Oh, and this is difficult because does me personally, I would just start Trey Lance day one in San Francisco. I don't. I think the way that the college game is affecting the the pro game. I think what we saw from Justin Herbert is just toss them in early, and you might see some mistakes at the start, but they're gonna they're gonna the talent's gonna show. And I'm thinking Trey Lance with his legs, you know, his ability on the ground against Zach Wilson. I'm going to pick Trey Lance. I'm going to have Trey Lance. I think wow. yeah, I think he starts in this scenario. I'm going to have him. Wow. I know Murph is uh, is is secretly fuming somewhere that Trey Lance is early. Um, well, I guess, you know, Tom, that's potentially shocks at two, shocks at three. Did it, it change your plan at all at 104? It's definitely changed my plan. Um it, it really depends on the situation that, that your roster's in, doesn't it, at this point. However, if we if we are to assume this is, you know, uh, in a start-up situation, then I'm very tempted here to, to double-dip at the quarterback position. And I did not expect Justin Fields, in particular, to be on the board at pick 104. Although I'm very tempted, I'm very tempted by, by a running back here. I'm going to double up on my quarterbacks. So on the turn, I'm going to have. I want to take Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Wow. So, do you have any concerns about potentially either not starting from day one? Do you think they're both going to come in and start and and be usable from from the dot as such? I, I, absolutely. When it comes to Zach Wilson, it, it appears as though he's being uh, given the keys to the house in New York, and we had Justin Fields obviously fall into Atlanta. Fields is a different scenario. Obviously, Matt Ryan has got years left in him. And so I think the, the safety blanket for me there is is to take Zach Wilson as well. In terms of fantasy production, I'm sure long-term, Justin Fields probably has a brighter outlook. But Wilson's going to be someone that's, that's starting day one. Do you have any concerns with Wilson around... I know a lot has been talked over the last couple of years about that kind of rushing upside and so-called Konami code or however mm-hmm. you want to call it. You know, Zach Wilson, fantastic athlete, incredibly mobile, but doesn't offer a huge amount kind of in terms of pure rushing production. Do you think that potentially caps the ceiling at all? Possibly. Looking at the other quarterbacks on the board, there's nobody there that can can make up for that. I think, obviously, with Trey Lance off the board, I wasn't expecting him to be off, but but there we go. Uh, I don't think there was anybody left on the board that could offer that that running threat. It did mean that that running back was was tempting at this position, but I'm willing to risk and see what what's left at the back end of the of the third round. Interesting. All right, so coming back on the snake to Mark with your your two hundred two pick. So where are you going here? I'm gonna go running back. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick, you know, like and, and go with somebody who's gonna um who's, who's gonna get those points for us. And I'm thinking again it's in scenario. I know he's gonna get touches on the ball. I know he's gonna have a rookie quarterback beside him, which means that you'll probably get the occasional dump off as well. Um so I'm gonna go Najee Harris running back for myself. He was taken by the New York Jets. He hasn't got much competition in that backfield. I'm going to go Najee Harris. So Najee Harris fell to the second round in our mock draft, as Mark said, fell to the New York Jets. Do you think that's a good landing spot for Najee Harris at at the next level? I think it's the right round for Najee Harris at the next level. Um, You know, like I, I have a strong view on... Running backs just should not get taken in round one, day. Um And I think that, I, to be honest with you, I think the second pick of the second round might be a bit early, but I understand why we did it in this mock, because do we wait until the other teams have come and then you're looking at the third round? If you like them, take them there. Um, I think it's a great land spot for them. Um, like I said, they haven't got much competition there and they need somebody who can carry that load. They need somebody who can carry that load. They've got a really developing offensive line. I like what, Mac- what Beckton brought to that offensive line last year. He can move people. 
So I think that Harris will get some space to be able to run the ball as well, um, particularly off that left-hand side, um, where, where Beckton's just a massive people mover. Um, so yeah, Najee Harris, I think, is in a really good situation in this simulation, landing at the Jets. I think the Jets took him in the right place in the second round. And um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to take him. I'm happy to take him with my second pick in this fantasy mock. Fantastic. So jumping back to Jordan with your two oh three. So quick inside the mind of Jordan after your Cole Pitts two. We've seen four QBs fly off the board. Are you you feeling like you need to jump and dive and grab a QB, or are you going to try and sit your way out a little bit longer? Well, this might come back to bite me, but I am sitting it out a bit longer. Like obviously, this could be a really really bad move. But, but we'll see, we'll see. And obviously with Najee Harris going, obviously Jamar Chase is the first wide receiver off the board. But I just still have concerns with two of their, like I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback, but there's still enough concerns there for me in fantasy to go with Jalen Waddle at the Chargers. And I think, um, wow. I think that's, a, well, again, it, when I say a safer pick, for me, it looks like that right now. Later on, at the end of the season, I might be totally wrong. So I think it's, I'd class that as shocking, but I, I appreciate I am very low on Jalen Waddle. I know uh, to, to Tom's dismay at times, I'm uh, I'm incredibly low. But what do you see from Jalen Waddle, and particularly in this landing spot? I think we took him 113 to the Chargers. What do you think he could be in, you know, playing on Sundays? Well, I know you've got um, you've got a, a guy that like doesn't get a lot of appreciation. Like he finds the space brilliantly. He's, he's, I think his route running is really good, and and we've seen um, you know, like at the Chargers already, you know, um, Herbert. He can hit. He can hit people. That boy is a good quarterback, and I think if he gets into open spaces, he's going to keep finding him. You know, like time after time. And I think there's um, I think there's a few injury doubts there with the Chargers receivers as well. You know, um, I think he can get more game time going into next year as well. I think it's it's certainly interesting add to that offense, isn't it? When you you've potentially got the deep threat in Mike Williams, you've got Keen Dal who can just get open for days. Tracking model as that sort of electric spark plug, it really could be a very exciting offense if that was the case. So back to Ash with with the turn now. So you've got the two hundred four and the three hundred one. So talk us through Ash. What what are you seeing? What are you thinking here? Yeah. So my my initial coming into this uh, was I had a, a, a sneaking hope that Carl Pitts would come back. I knew it was highly unlikely um, <laughs> having to wait a whole two rounds, but I, I was kind of hopefully come back. And then I rested on Jalen Waddle uh, being one of the picks here. And that's also gone out the window just before. Um, but Jordan's probably going to be happy um, because his quarterback gamble might have paid off if he's deciding to go next because I'm going to double up on running backs. I'm going to take Javante Williams and Travis Etienne. Um, the landing spot for Williams, I wouldn't say it's concerning, but I think landing in Arizona with um, Edmonds and now Connor there might restrict him slightly, but I love what he has to offer. I think he he possesses all the traits you want from a, from a do-it-all running back, and I'd like to believe he, he could establish himself as the main guy um, in that offense. Um, and he, I'm very high on him, as, um, as, as you know, and as, as Tom well knows. Um, and then, yeah, Etienne, the, the second one for me, landed in Miami. Um, the, their running back situation is not the best. So, again, I think he's got the skill sets to step in day one and be the starter and contribute from the outset as the, the main guy. Um, and he can take passes out the backfield well, uh, as well as his running game. So, um, yeah, one of those in the flex and the running back. Um, and I, I'm very, I'm very confident with the depth at wide receiver. So I think, regardless of who goes before it comes back to me once again, I'm going to be happy with the with the wide receivers that 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 will be there. So, yeah, Fantastic. easy picks there with Waddle off the board. So, so let's take them one at a time. So. Javante Williams, he went with the 217 to Arizona. Obviously, this draw, this mock was done before the James Conner signing. Yeah. Do you think that that could potentially 
stop Arizona addressing running back in the draft? Do you think they could still look at someone like Javante Williams? Or I think it probably does going for someone like Javante Williams because he is more than likely going to be gone in round two. Um, we had him slated at Cardinals in a mock draft we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I think now with that Connor signing, I think Connor and Edmonds together, they're probably a bit more content and then they might go for um, uh, more of a passing guy later on in the draft. Um, so I don't think they will we'll be leaning that way anymore. I would be surprised to see him or any running back taken round two by by the Cardinals now. And then um, Travis Etienne. So I think as, as the, yeah. the mock draft was unfolding, I was aghast at quite how far he managed to fall. So he managed to fall to the 317, mm-hmm. where he landed in quite possibly one of the best landing spots he could have with the Miami Dolphins. Do you think he comes in and, you know, surpasses Miles Gaskin and is a true stud from day one? I think so. Yeah, I think so. If he lands in Miami, I don't think it will take him long to establish himself as the as the lead back there. Um, I couldn't believe that he went that late. He, I'm not as high on him as I am on Harris and Williams, but I am still confident that he is the he is the the, the third guy and and a second rounder for me. I'm I'm quite surprised that he fell so far. I think we were we were very much focused on on team needs and outside of a couple of teams that uh, that that got the running backs at the time that they needed, I don't think it was much of a priority. So um, I think that's what contributed to him falling so far in this one. Yeah, absolutely. So back to Jordan, the, the quarterback gamble paid off. Are, are we going to see you continue to gamble or are you, you going to take one here? Uh, uh, you know, I like a gamble. And... Um... <laughs> And we've, we've just that um, we it's amazing. Like obviously, if we did this draft again, like just one change with James Connor going to Arizona today, you know how, how it changes. And I'm gonna um, I'm gonna pick Kenneth Gamewell uh, at Pittsburgh. I think he's um, I think he's a good running back. I think a lot of people are talking about him, you know. And I think he'll I think he'll fit with Steelers nicely. To be honest with you, he catches out of the backfield. You know, he's he's a good blocker as well. You know, he's like. It's not that he's not the best, but he's, he's, he puts himself on the line constantly, and uh, and I, I just like his running style as well. I think it'll, I think it'd be a nice fit. So yeah, I'm I'm continuing the gamble, which might be a bad thing. We'll see. Well, I mean, look, you, you're never gonna get get slated by me when you're picking Kenneth Gainwell. I think for me, it's, this class is being described as three running backs and then not much else, and not kind of take exception to that because I think Kenny Gainwell is fantastic. You know, let's not forget that this is a guy that te- kept Antonio Gibson playing out at wide receiver um, when they were together at Memphis. Are you concerned that that size could potentially restrict a, a kind of a true workhorse role at all? Um, yeah, there's definitely concerns there. But I think um, he, he, he gains quite a few yards after contact. He's very bouncy, you know, like um, he bounces off tackles very well, you know, and but... Yeah, of course, there is concerns there. I think if Ash wouldn't have taken back-to-back running backs, I might have changed up. But with him taking back-to-back running backs, I thought I'm not. There's going to be a few people who watch this pod that aren't going to be happy. But I'm not a massive Michael Carter fan, so especially at Tampa Bay. Again, with stuff that's happened over the last days, especially with Tampa Bay with the running backs that they've piled up as well. Now, it's um, it wasn't for me that pick. Yeah, no, I think that Kenny Gainwell, in terms of fantasy production yes he might not be the you know the the NFL running back that perhaps Williams or Etienne or Harris will be but I think in terms of fantasy production this is a guy that we've seen line up outside we've seen the ability to be used in the parting game and from a fantasy perspective that's huge and I really think that he could in 6, 12, 18 months potentially be looking back as a a kind of a seal of rookie drafts if, if he does indeed fall into that sort of Second round um, comes sort of May time. So, Mark, back to you with your third. So, obviously, you've got quarterback running back locked up with Trey Lance and Najee Harris. Are you going to continue to to avoid wide receiver the same as everybody else has it so far, it seems? <laughs> I feel like the wide receiver depth is quite good. And I feel like I could put Jordan in a really difficult spot here <laughs> as well. <laughs> 
But I also feel I could put Tom in a difficult spot as well by taking that last running back. But I kind of agree. I think Michael Carter is stuck behind depth in Tampa. And I think Mac Jones will start at some point in this season. So I'm going to take that other quarterback. I'm going to take the fifth quarterback. I'm going to take Mac Jones as me pick and put him in my flex position, super flex. So Mac Jones in our draft went with the 15th pick uh, to the New England Patriots. If if that was to happen in uh, in a couple of weeks' time, do you think we would see him year one? Do you think it's a case of Cam Newton's just a placeholder, but they'd see Mac Jones as the future and, and move that way sooner rather than later? I think in this scenario, yeah. I think we would pop, I think out, out of the quarterbacks that we've seen there, and if we take Lawrence out of it and we look at just the other four, maybe take Fields out of it. Mac Jones is probably the highest floor when it comes to even maybe Wilson and Field, uh, Wilson and Lance. I think his intelligence will appeal to that New England offense. Of course, they had Tom Brady and I think the comparisons are lazy, but they know how to make a young quarterback with limited tools work. And I think they'll just put him straight in from day one. I think he's probably the very pro-ready. Um, and I think in this case, Cam would just be the placeholder. Um, and I think he'd probably end up being the clipboard holder as well. So I'm banking that Mac Jones would probably start within the first two or three weeks. Um, so I'm popping him in there. And and from a I guess from a fantasy perspective, are you worried about that lack of rushing production limiting his upside? Um, I, yeah, I, I obviously as well. But I look at what I look at what they've got. I look at what that you know, like New England have done in in the off season and bringing in Aglahor and players that they brought in and stuff like that. And I think there'll be I think there'll be touchdowns in that team. I think that that wide receiving core can be quite explosive. You know what I mean? I like the two tight ends that they brought in. Aglahor had a great season for the Raiders. Um, you know, he still dropped balls, don't get me wrong. And at that ticket, them drops are gonna get frustrated frustrated at the price they're paying for. But you know, he can get open and he had a good season. And I think with the two tight ends, I think we'll still see him throw quite a lot of touchdowns, and I still think that. They'll, 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 they'll scheme it. That's that they can put points on the board. You know, we're talking about talking about an elite coach, an elite offensive coordinator there. Um, and I think they would make it work for him. Fantastic. So, Tom, coming back to you. So, we've seen three running backs fly off yeah. the board. We've obviously seen five quarterbacks, of which you took two. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about your running back spot? Are you, are you going to finally end the fall of Jamar Chase what's what's happening here I'm I'm very concerned I'm I'm very concerned and and I feel as though I've been forced into <laughs> zero running back strategy here but um just just picking at the turn I absolutely cannot let the Jamar Chase slide fall any further I mean that that, that has to end now so I'm going to take I'm going to take Jamar Chase here at, at the back end of the third and I'm not sure how the uh, the rules committee will take this, but I'm I'm looking at my roster. I'm the only one without a running back taken. Everybody else seems to be seems to have at least one on the roster, and with it being a, a deep wide receiver class, I think I'm going to risk it. And I'm, I'm going to take a tight end, and it's the third tight end off the board because I th- I feel that this guy's a better pass catcher than or certainly has a higher ceiling as a pass catcher, but also a, a good landing spot. So I'm going to take Brevin Jordan, who went to the Rams in the second round. Fantastic. So let's let's take this one at a time. So Jamal Chase, how high do you think the ceiling could be for him in year one? We had him going sixth overall to the Dolphins. Do you think he could be Justin Jefferson 2.0? I think so. I, th- I think the Justin Jefferson story was a, 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 an expected slow start and then he, he found consistent production. I think what Miami need to do is they need to get to a push in the ball down the field more often. And Jamar Chase is absolutely somebody that can, can get open downfield. 
obviously, by, by taking Chase in, in this mock draft, we haven't got the Alabama connection that, that Devontae Smith or, or Jalen Waddle would have. But for me, he's undoubtedly the best receiver on the board. And I think he can he can take this Miami offense over the top. So it, it could be it could be the case that we see some Justin Jefferson type production. I would not be at all surprised if we if we don't quite see that level. And it, and it's only because of the quarterback. And there are question marks as to whether he can push the ball downfield in the NFL. Yeah, I think you know. For me, I, I'm a massive Jamar Chase fan. I think he's an absolutely fantastic prospect. He's my highest grade from a fantasy perspective. He's my highest graded receiver across the last three um, draft classes. I, I'm, I'm not exactly a tour stand, shall we say? Um, I'm a little bit concerned that mm-hmm. this landing spot could potentially cap his potential. Um, I think it's good because it means that he'd be utilised more out of the slot and, and be sort of a movable piece where they've got Parker and Williams on the outside. Um, but I, I'm not excited about that quarterback, should we say. And then with your second pick, so Brevin Jordan, obviously he landed with the Rams. This was the, the Rams' first pick, I believe, in the draft. And we, we gave him another weapon mm-hmm. to get Matt Stafford. Is it a case of... You're excited about the offense, excited about the player, excited about both. Or, I think this is a great situation for Brevin Jordan because going to the Rams with a, a better quarterback going into the next season, they they do tend to put two tight ends on the field for a lot of snaps. Obviously, Tyler Higby has stayed, but Gerald Everett has gone. So, I think we could see Brevin Jordan taking some some um, taking some attention away from the wide receivers right right away in his rookie year. And obviously, with this being a premium, it was just enough to persuade me to to pass on a Devonte Smith or a Shod Bateman, and and I think that 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 extra half a point per reception could just take him over the top here. Exciting times. So, Mark, back to you. So, you've got your wide receiver and your flex spot to fill. Where are you going to go here? This one might seem a bit left of field, but I'll explain my reasoning why in a moment. That would- that always excites me when someone says that. <laughs> and it's not the obvious one. I'm going wide receiver and I'm going to go for one deal more. Love it. Not, not left field from me at all. So my reasoning for this is, is one deal more landed at Jacksonville. I actually made this pick in our mock. I love one deal more. I think he's fantastic. I think he's, he, he, he reminds me of Steve Smith, you know, who used to play for Carolina. And he's, he's locked up, even though he's quite short. I still think he can play outside. But it's his landing spot in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. And what Urban Meyer has done with these small body, like these small framed gadget type wide receivers in the past. I'm thinking Kurt Samuel, Percy Harvin. you know, like Braxton Miller. He's had these kind of gadget players and what he's been able to get out of them in the college game. And I'm thinking, Urban Meyer will look at one deal more and he'll get Percy Harvin vibes and he'll he'll have him taking sweeps and dump offs and he'll be lined up all over the field and he'll see plenty of targets. And I think he'll rack up quite a lot of points for us. So I'm going to go one deal more. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm a big Rondell Moore fan. I, I think, you know, in terms of age-adjusted production, his his freshman season was absolutely historic. Are, are you concerned about the the five foot seven? I know obviously he's listed listed at five nine, and that two inches seems to have made a a huge deal, shall we say, in in kind of fancy circles. Are you concerned at that five foot seven frame? I would be. I would have been more concerned had it had I not seen him with his top off. You know, like I saw him with a top <laughs> off, and the guy's built. You know, like he's he's built. He's durable, and if you watch his if you watch his Purdue tape, you know, like we all watched that 2019 Purdue tape, and there was he was one of the most exciting players in the country. And what the source was saw a guy who routinely broke tackles, who routinely rode the first contact, and was able to use his low center of gravity to his ex, to his advantage and keep his pad level low and become a yards after catch machine. And he's got legitimate electric speed. Um, I'm not concerned at all by his five foot seven build. Like I, 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 I'm a huge Rondale Moore fan. You know, I can't speak highly enough of him. I can't wait to see where he ends up 
in a couple of weeks' time. And regardless where he ends up, he's going to be a player whose career I'm following quite closely. Yeah, so I think if you're drafting him, expecting him to be a prototypical wide receiver, you're probably going to be disappointed. But if you can use him, as you say, as a gadget player that can line up all over the field, can can catch balls out the backfield, potentially even in, even take handoffs, I think he could be a really exciting player for, for your fantasy team, but also your NFL team. But Jordan, the the quarterback gamble, you've got your quarterback spot and your super flex spot left. We obviously saw. Five quarterbacks now drafted. In our mock, there wasn't another quarterback drafted until the third rounds. Are you going to fill that, or are you going to going to wait even longer? No, I'm going to I'm going to fill it now. And uh, Murph's going to be a happy man because I'm taking Davis Mills, at, who has gone to Denver. Um, I, obviously, there's um, there is better quarterbacks there, but I've watched since Murph's been mentioned in chat more. I've started watching him a little bit more, and he is a decent quarterback. Tom's shaking his head; he's not <laughs> happy, but. <laughs> I also look at that picture at Denver as well. If, if he does land there, Drew Locke, I don't know if there's anyone that thinks Drew Locke's going to be a starter for for much longer, in, unless he has a, somehow comes back with um, a brand new attitude, but I very much doubt it. But yeah, that, that's one of the main reasons I'm taking him there as well, because I do think he is a solid quarterback. I don't think he's flashy or anything, but I think he's one of them quarterbacks who'll get the job done. And I think, especially with him landing in Denver, we've got him. I think it he will, he will, he won't take him too long, maybe even first week, but it'll be the start of not too distant future. So do you I'd think say. that with Denver spending essentially a day two pick with David Mills in this draft, do you think that that could foreshadow a potentially sort of a, a training camp battle between him and Locke? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. I think... Um, it, it can work both ways. I think, obviously, Davis Mills is a solid solid player. He, you've got him to come in. And it could give um, Drew Locke a kick up the behinds that could get him moving what they probably thought they were going to get. I've never been a massive fan of him, but you never know, do you, when, when someone picks a quarterback, you never know what it can do to the to the starting quarterback. So I think it's it's a, it's a, it's a decent pick in my, and, in my book. And let's be honest, if he does get the, the weapons and even if he can just stand there and, and deliver the ball, he's got some fantastic weapons around him. It, it could be a, he only needs to be competent in order to put up with the, the receivers and tight ends that he's got there. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, like you said, he's got, he's got the weapons there already and stuff. So it's not, it won't be a, won't be lacklustre in the attack there. Absolutely. So Ash, your final two picks so you've got your wide receiver and your super flex spot film. So, so what are you thinking here? Yeah, I would have gone Mills um, if he was here. Um, I like the the landing spot, and uh, we mentioned it on last night's pod as a, as a potential landing spot uh, being the Broncos as well. His, I think, in fantasy, he's always going to be one of those middle of the road type of guys, just because his athletic profile and his his and his running ability is is not. He's not great, but he's got a great arm and he's got good um, NFL size. So I think from an NFL point of view, I do believe he can um, succeed if he lands in the right scenario and is given a chance to compete. I was going to be, I, I was going to be really horrible and take Michael Carter just to spite Tom, but uh, <laughs> then that will make his final pick null and void. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to double up on wide receivers because I'm not a fan of Frymuth in the in the in the fantasy game. I think he's he's he can, he can catch the ball. Um, I think he's he's well equipped to catch the ball, but he's more of a blocker for me. Um, and I don't think his fantasy um, outlook is is the best. Um, so I'm going to go double wide receiver. First one is going to be Devonta Smith, who landed in Philadelphia. Um, I'm a big fan of Smith. He can he can line up across the across the all of the wide receiver um, positions. I'm not that concerned about his size. He, he's shown that it's not an issue at college, and I don't see it having much of an issue um, moving over to the pro game. I think his athletic ability, his his ability to separate his route, his route running's top tier. Um, he's great in the air um, at the high point and in contested catches. I have no, I have no doubt that he'll succeed at the next level. And I think Philadelphia is a fantastic landing spot. He'll step in realistically uh, as the as the the alpha um, in that in that that wide receiver room with with what they've lost. Um, 
Second one's difficult. I am going wide receiver, as I say, because I'm not that comfortable with the tight ends. I don't think Keelan Mond's worth picking up in Carolina now. Um, Before you pick Ash, yeah. I just want you to know you could either make me very happy or make me very disappointed with this pick. Well, I'm not going Bateman, so I'm probably going to disappoint <laughs> you. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that. As soon as you said that, I knew you were on about it, but I'm not going Bateman. Um, it's out of Marshall... See Tony's. I'm, I'm not a fan of Tony's landing spot at Tampa Bay. I like him. I like Darius Tony a lot, and we've had conversations about him. I'm a big fan of him, uh, but not at Tampa Bay. I think that limits him too much, um, unless unless one of those big guys get an injury. Um, so it's Elijah Moore or Terence Marshall. I'm going to go with Terence Marshall, um, who has dropped to uh, the Saints. And the main reason behind that is that landing spot. I think to be able to sit as the number two behind uh, Michael Thomas and and that offense, obviously, is a bit up in the air at the minute with with the quarterbacks. But you, there's I, I I'm a big fan of Marshall's overall game. Um, I think he again he's another one of those versatile wide receivers that can that can do a job in in multiple positions um he's got great size he's <laughs> physical with and without the ball um his run after the catches is is, is is exceptional and he's got good route running as well and he's got pretty decent speed so yeah terence marshall is the second one for me to your disappointment i'm sure i mentioned <laughs> well, two guys there i was gonna say you mentioned my two more. guys yeah <laughs> exactly that um yeah I, I think let's be honest if if james winston wins the qb job in your league this could easily be the the kind of steal of fancy draft. Mm. He is going to be the wide receiver too in New Orleans behind Thomas with Winston at quarterback. We've seen what happened in Tampa with Evans and Godwin. It, it could be absolutely incredible for Marshall. Are you concerned that with this land in New Orleans, we could be, say, Taysom Hill attempting uh, to throw him the ball? Yeah, there is that slight concern, but... Yeah, I like I like Marshall's skill set and I like the fact that he won't be commanding the first coverage. He'll have the the second the second third guy um as his coverage and I think that will allow him to create the space regardless of where Hill's going to throw it. I think he if it's in his vicinity he's going to get the ball. Um so that sort of takes away a bit of that, but I also believe that Winston's going to win out that job as well. So um, but yeah, it, it, it would have been Tony over him for me though if it wasn't Tampa Bay. I'm just really not a fan of that landing spot for him. I don't think that. It, I, yes, I think he does a solid job as the third wide receiver. But when you've got um, when you've got Godwin and um, Evans there as the as the two guys, like there's not much more to go around, really, is there? No, exactly that, and it's never going to be the you know the run and shoot style. Jameis led Tampa offense no. in terms of throwing the ball all over the place when Tom Brady's behind there. So going back to Devonta, Smith, obviously this is the third year in the trot that Philadelphia spent a, a first or second round pick on a wide receiver. If we've got them here taking Devonta Smith, do you think that this could be the one that works after Osega Whiteside and Rager? Yeah, I think Osega Whiteside. Was a, a, I think a lot of people were very surprised about that pick when it happened and it didn't take long for people to figure out it was a poor move. I think Rager's still got a chance to produce something and um, he, he might he might well pan out. But I think Smith, like I say, will will step in. I, I, I've loved what I've seen from him at college. Um, Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, is a great quarterback that can that can throw the ball around. Um, and he can make he can make plays with his legs as well, which with Smith's separation and his speed will get into space. And if 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 Hertz is extending the plays of his feet, Smith's going to be open to get the ball. Um, so I, I do personally feel, and I th- I think this is where Smith is going to land. I do I have a strong feeling that that Smith will be in Philadelphia come the end of April. Um, so I'm 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 confident in in his ability if he lands there. And we've obviously seen Jalen Hurts is a massive Devonta Smith's fan. He's been calling him smooth criminal everywhere yeah. you can, uh, everywhere you can read. So uh, I think it would make Jalen Hurts very happy if if that is the case. Definitely. So Jordan, your final pick. Then you've got your super flex spot to fill. You can go anywhere. You can can really upset Tom, <laughs> take a running back, or, or you can go elsewhere. What are you going to do? Seems like he had me made me wait till nine o'clock, but no, I, I won't do that to him. <laughs> 
I'll do that to him. I actually thought I was hoping everything was going to plan. To be honest with you, how I, how I wanted it. Like obviously, we've been a rookie. I probably won't, but I did. I was hoping Terrace Marshall came back to me. Um, it, Ash was spot on with it all. You know, with the landing spot. I think um, the, the wide receiver depth's quite slim at the, at the moment over there. So I thought it would have been a really good pickup, but unfortunately, it's not. And I'm probably going to go wide receiver because even though I've, I've wrote good things about Killam Mond in the past uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to leave him and I just look at the wide receivers and there's a, I think I know you've got your two favourites there Rick but uh, I think I think if you whatever you pick you're taking a chance you know like and I do really like Dwayne Eskridge at Tennessee I um I think they'd have a lot of fun with him, you know, like um you know, like he's another one that's like a gadget player, you know, he can do a lot of things. So yeah, you'd probably say it's a chancy move, but I'd probably go with Dwayne Eskridge at Tennessee. Wow. I, I didn't see that one coming. So talk to me, Dwayne Eskridge. Do you think he's someone that could have immediately hit the ground running fancy relevant this year if if he got the landing spot, as you said, of Tennessee in the third round. Yeah, I, I think he's. Um, I, I think he could have a good um, upside this year. I, I know, like Derek Henry takes away a lot of the plays, but there's only really Brown there at the moment. So I think the, um, especially in the slot slot, I think Dwayne Eskridge could pick up a lot of plays. You know, he, he's he's very explosive out of there, and just out like, just swing routes and just you know like different things as well. He's like I say he's a gadget player. I think they'd have I think they'd have a lot of fun using him there, and I think he could pick up some big. Um, big plays, you know, like even if it's just one or two plays a game, he's one of them players that can pick up 40, 50 yard plays, you know, like, and so, like I say, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bold choice, but I, I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd stand by it. I'll stand by it. Sounds good. So then Mark, your final pick. So you've obviously got your flex spot to go. You can go anywhere. Oh, I'm starting to, I'm starting to think of matchups. You know, as I'm buzzing, I'm pleased because I wanted this anyway. Do you know who had the second most amount of yards in Green Bay last year? Have a guess. Somebody tell us. Receive. Receiving yards. Is it Aaron Jones? No. Um, let's have a look at the statistics. The second most receiving yards was Marquez Valdez Scantlin, who caught a grand total of 33 passes for 690 yards. 20 yards per reception per grab. And I'm thinking... They've got Devante Adams and they've got absolutely no one else on that field apart from Tonyan um, at Green Bay. And this player, I really like. I think he offers a legitimate deep threat more so than Valdez Scanton. Um, I also think he can do a lot of the intermediate stuff as well. And I think he's just an ideal landing spot. I'm going to go, you're already filling the name in, Tillon Wallace, Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like I've invited you guys all onto my pod and you've just gone out of your way to spite me and not, not draft guys that I'm <laughs> particularly high on. But uh, so, Tillam Wallace, do you think that there's going to be the volume for him to be fancy relevant in that Green Bay offence? I think that Green Bay are desperate for an accomplice to Devante Adams. I think they have been all the time that Devante Adams has been there. They've tried Lazard, they've tried Valdez Scantlin. They've tried uh, St. Brown, Equiminius, St. Brown, and they've never had that. They've never had that number two. They've got an X receiver in Adams, but who's the Z? Who's the Z receiver, you know? Um, like We're talking about like Valdez Scantlin there. got 600-odd yards at 20 yards of reception. And when I look at Wallace again, he's a much, he's a much better player. He's a much better player than Valdez Scantlin. Um, I think that the volume will be there just because... Adams is going to draw double teams continually. And at some point, you know, like he's going to get opportunities. And I think that he's going to, I think he's more equipped to take them than what they've routinely had out there. So, and I, and I like Wallace. I like Tillon Wallace. I think he was a really good wide receiver. I think he got pegged a little bit as a deep threat at Oklahoma State. But what I see is I see a guy who actually runs really good routes, who could be really good on that intermediate level as well. And I think that you I think he's going to make a very good. I think he's going to very, make a very good number two wide receiver in the NFL. Perfect. So, Tom, I, I guess n- no shocks here. There's there's one running back 
that is left on the board that we took in our mock in the first three rounds. You've only got your running back spot left. Are you going to shock anyone and unveil who you're picking? Uh, yeah, before I do, I, I'm absolutely filled with regret at this. Looking back, I think going quarterback back to back and neglecting running back early has probably come back to bite me. I, 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 by no means do I dislike Michael Carter, but I really dislike the landing spot in Tampa Bay. I think, you know, we talk about handcuffs. I think Carter's going to have about three pairs of handcuffs on him there in Tampa. <laughs> um, they're swimming in running backs. And it's all down to landing spot. That I mean, I love the fact the last pick for Tylen Wallace for that exact reason for, for landing spot. It's just not great for Michael Carter here. And again, it pains me to think that if I were, if I'd have left a flex spot open, I could have been looking at Bateman, Tony, Elijah Moore, Amon Ra St. Brown, who went to New England. He's he's gonna get some love because because that wide receiver room is very thin at the moment. So, yeah, I am filled with regret as I take Michael Carter, who has landed on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If if this happens in, what are we now, three weeks' time and he does end up in Tampa, do you think there's any hope for him potentially as a you know a pass-catching weapon, that offence, sort of yeah, that, the James White, I guess? That, or, is, or you... that is what I would be telling myself if I, if I ended up drafting him, that, that when I look at the the other running backs there, that there isn't sort of a true pass catcher and maybe he could carve himself out a role. But of course, we keep hearing that Darrington Evans is set for is set for more attention next year as well. So I, I, I would try to convince myself that he would be the pass catching back in, in one of what's now looks to be the biggest running back committee in the NFL. So uh, I, I wouldn't believe it. I would tell myself that. Rich, but I don't think I'd believe it. <laughs> Fair enough. So just to run through, so Ash's team, we have got Trevor Lawrence, Javante Williams, Devonta Smith, Travis Etienne and Ferris Marshall. Jordan, who went zero QB, he ended up with Davis Mills, Kenneth Gainwell, Jalen Waddell, Carl Pitts and Dwayne Eskridge. Mark ended up with Trey Lance, Najee Harris, Rondell Moore, Tyler Wallace and Mac Jones. And Tom, with the double double dip at quarterback early, ended up with Justin Fields, Michael Carter, Jamar Chase, Revan Jordan and Zach Wilson. So I'm absolutely devastated that some of the big names that went undrafted. So Rashad Bateman, who went in the first round, 19th overall to Washington, didn't get drafted in this mock. Darius Tony, as, as the guys have said, went 32nd to Tampa Bay. Um, and then obviously Elijah Moore, I was convinced that Mark was going to pick him. He picked him in the mock to go to Cincinnati in the the sixth pick of the second round and then uh, continue to ignore um, in this mock. So let's start with you, Jordan. How do you feel about your team? Is is there any big regrets at this stage? I think, like, obviously looking at it now, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. But obviously the, the Dwayne Eskridge pick... It's one of them, like I just looked at all of them and like you say, you've mentioned Amanda St. Brown at New England and I just didn't, with the two tight ends that um, Belichick's picked up, I just didn't know, I know the wide receiver like thing is obviously with Endelman retiring today, which we thought it would, that's obviously changed it as well, I suppose. But it, it, it could come back to bite me that, but I don't know. I just I just feel it will get some big, um, a lot of... Um, Love receptions doing Eskridge at Tennessee. I just, I just like, I just think he fits in nicely with that team, and I think, obviously, in hindsight, it will, it probably will change. But I, I do, I do like it. I, I, I do like it. No, I'm, I'm sticking by it. I, but yeah, I, I'm quite happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I took Kyle Pitts early because I think um, it's like, like, like Tom got Bevin Jordan. I do like Bevin Jordan, but if you don't get Kyle Pitts, I don't think there's much there at tight end. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. That's that's my philosophy of rookies zero drafts. Is he carpets early or not at all? Ash, what, what do you think? Obviously, I can see Tom's typing out that he feels that you lucked out and has got the best team in the draft. It's no luck there. It is all planned. <laughs> <laughs> Who's who was the best pick you felt out of the other teams? Uh, Pitts. You happy with carpets at one hundred two? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'll be taking him. I'll be taking him there in in any format. To be honest with you, I'm a massive fan of Cole Pitts. I think he's got the capability to be an exceptional fantasy asset 
just with how good he is um, as a as a as a receiver, as a as a pass catcher in in the tight end position. Um, you you see the value that those guys have now more so than ever. Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, they they can they can win win or lose you weeks with with their performance. That's they can win you weeks with their performances. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the Carl Pitts, and then. Um, I did like the Najee Harris one as well. I think that that landing spot makes it all the sweeter for me. Again, I think um, rookie quarterback will rely on the running back slightly more. I can't. I, I, I like their line. I think they're they're a guy or two away from having an exceptional line, um, and it'll, it's a fresh offense as well. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna be chasing games, so there's gonna be a lot of action for them. Coming to you, Tom. Mm-hmm. Best best player not drafted. It's tough. It's a toss up between Rashad Bateman and um, Amon Ra St. Brown. I think St. Brown will will be an immediate starter at the slot for for the Patriots that I've discussed their their wide receiver room. But I'm, I'm very surprised to see that Rashad Bateman went undrafted. I know that Washington, of course, have Terry McLaurin, but but that by no means would exempt Bateman from getting getting attention and reception. So, yeah, that, that's part of my uh, part of my regret is is seeing somebody like Rashad Bateman go undrafted. And and Mark, coming to you then finally, who, who had the best team outside yourself? Well, I want to I want to push back on this Ash look the outslander. I think that my team is <laughs> is sneakily well thought out is. Well, well put together, and I think that that that, that my team is is the favourite here. I know that people are going to look at Mac Jones and go, "Well, is he athletic enough? He's not going to get yards on the ground." Do you know who doesn't get yards on the ground? Tom Brady. Do you know who else gets very few yards on the ground? Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe a few more actually. And they and they're like top scoring fantasy quarterbacks, and I think Mac Jones will score more than a wide receiver would or a um, running back, whatever, in me, super flex. Um, so, yeah, so what was the question again? So, so the, the the best team that's not your own is your own, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fantastic. seeing that, though, Ash has got a very well-balanced team on paper. If you look at that, you think, well, that's the best team, you know, like selection-wise, but, I think mine might be slightly better matchup wise, to be honest with you. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to upset all of you and say that I think the fact that you left Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore undrafted means that I can come along and pick up them and take the best. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that concludes the draft, guys. Thank you ever so much for, for jumping on. Um, so for anyone listening, they're not uh, kind of following all the, the five-yard college works. Tom, where, where can everybody... Find the pod, find the articles. Yeah, find us over at, at Five Yard Rush if you want to check out our articles and our draft top 100. Find us on Twitter at Five Yard College. I know the guys have their own uh, personal Twitter accounts as well. But also, I really want to give a big push to the YouTube videos that have gone out in the last couple of weeks, uh, the, the film sessions. I'm hoping that um, we're going to see more of those come out before draft night and, and and after the draft you can come and look and see what we think of the newest players to your NFL team. I've been I've been thoroughly enjoying uh, the the film sessions that you've been putting on so far. I have to say that the Jalen Modern one it, it kind of got me a little bit more intrigued but not enough to kind of tip my uh, tip my hat slightly towards picking him a little bit earlier. I think I'm still going to be uh, ending up with zero shares come May. I knew I was fighting a losing battle, but it was it was worth fighting the good fight. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, guys. It's been fantastic having you on. Um, and we'll be back again next week with a slightly deeper look um, at some of the uh, more potential sleeper options uh, in your rookie drafts. So have a good week and we'll speak to you then. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. 
We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.